His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the sons and the daughters of God. I know that he's alive and well. I know that he's real. He speaks on a regular basis into my spirit. And one of the things he's spoken to is about this vision, how he's preparing us for the future and where we're going. And last week we talked about the number one most important thing, first step of all in our vision statement, and that is embracing God. Today we talk about connecting with one another. Connecting with one another. I'm learning as a pastor how important that is. So we're going to talk first. The first scripture is Matthew chapter 22, verse 35. And then we're going to jump to the text, which is John chapter 19, verse 25 as well. Matthew 22 and 35. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked Jesus a question, tempting him and saying, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. It's vision statement number one. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love the Lord thy, thy, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Love God, love people. Love God, embrace God, love people, connect with one another, pursue growth, and serve the world. Love God, love people. Father, we ask your blessings on the word of God this morning. As we come into your presence, we thank you. Speak to us, touch us, and challenge us. In the name of Jesus, amen. John 19, I'm going to read that. You can be seated, it's okay. We've stood for the word. It takes us... Back to the cross. I'm going to take you there because that's exactly where the Lord led me when I was thinking about connecting with one another. I wanted this message. I, I needed this to resonate in our hearts in a fresh and a new way. I wanted God's word on it, not mine. I didn't want just some commentary from some preacher back in 1850. I wanted God to give me a fresh revelation of what this means, where it comes from, connecting with one another. And you know what? The Lord took me to something that really, at first I was inquisitive about. He took me to John chapter 19, verse 25, and I saw in my mind the picture of Jesus hanging on the cross. And I saw him looking out into the crowd around the cross. And he says, woman, behold your son. He pointed at John and he said, Behold, your mother. And the Lord spoke to my heart and was like, that's, that's what I want you to see. And I was like, Lord, it, it's not Mother's Day. How does this relate? And the Lord began to show me. I began to search it out in my prayers and in my study. And This is the scripture that I believe comes from the Lord. And as we look more into it, I, I, I know as a pastor, uh, more than ever before, I see the importance of connection, the importance of, of our church family, uh, the seriousness of the body of Christ coming together, many parts, one body. I see it daily, the importance of the fellowship that's needed, the friendship, the service, the mentoring that needs to take place in the heart and lives of people, shepherding that needs to take place, and the belonging 
the sense of belonging that people need. We have always been a church that, 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 that as long as I've been around, we've been talking. And when I was youth pastor many years ago, I had a, a motto back in Oasis Youth Group that I told them, I said, we want all the ones that nobody else wants. We're searching for all the ones who feel outcast. We, that's the ones we want. We want to build our youth group on all of the ones who feel left out. And as we did that, and man, we built a, a wonderful ministry. It was about the sense of belonging. It was about love, acceptance, and even at times, forgiveness. These are the things that cause us to feel the connection. People go through all kinds of things in their life that when they're coming to the church, they choose a church that they feel that they can belong to, that they can connect with. That's, that's obvious. It's the same anywhere and for any other organization, but more particularly in the body of Christ. I prayed for the Lord to give me a word, and he took me to the cross. Looking out across that crowd, Jesus hanging on the cross, his mother weeping nearby, and there's John, the beloved disciple who Jesus loved. And this was it. That was the connection picture. Woman, behold your son. John, behold your mother. While Jesus was paying the price, while he was paying the price for all the sins of the whole world, while every, every crook and criminal and murderer and thief, everybody out there, the, the people who have lusted and committed this sin and that sin, all the sins of the entire world, while Jesus Christ is doing the big thing, he's taking care of the big problem. He's taking care of all the sin of all mankind. None of us today have to carry the load and responsibility for our transgressions, for our sins, because Christ has already done that. He took the sins of the whole world on him. And right in the middle of paying that price, right in the middle of doing the greatest sacrifice, giving himself in such a beautiful and wonderful and selfless way to pay the price for the universe, he is concerned about a little widow that's weeping by the cross. My mind began to go crazy as I began to think about those last words of Christ. We know that D.L. Moody's preached it and there's books been written and sermons, crazy, so many of them on the last words of Christ. It's wonderful to preach that at, at Easter. Perhaps some of you ministers have preached it. The last words of Christ, all of them intentional, all of them with purpose, all of them significant and so important to theology. The last words of Christ that changed the whole paradigm of God, Calvary did. Changed everything. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. The words that came out of Christ was teaching us, letting us know, setting an example of how we are to love when betrayed, when offended, when, when we're bruised and beaten down. He was there marred as no man had ever been marred. He was paying this ultimate price. There isn't a human being on this earth that's ever suffered more than Jesus did that day. You say, oh man, that no, that ain't true. Other people have died. Other people have even been crucified. It was a form of punishment back in the day. What are you trying to tell me Jesus did? None of those people carried the wrath and the wickedness and the evil of the entire world on their back. None of them. Your favorite little criminal has never carried the weight of the wrath of God and the wickedness of hell. He carried, he was sinless. 
His relationship with God was holy and preserved. There was no sin in him, and yet he carried yours. He carried yours and mine. And with that, he said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he looks over to a thief who's wrestling back and forth with words to the other thief on the other side, showing us the mercy and the grace of God. And he says, Lord, when you come into your kingdom, remember me. And in the midst of the the bruising and the beaten, the blood, the crown of thorns, the ripped flesh from the feet and the hands that were nailed to that tree, the difficulty in breathing as he also carried the weight of the wrath of God. He says, today, you'll be with me in paradise. What love, what mercy, what salvation. It's amazing to consider the love of God, the forgiveness of God, the grace and how far-reaching it goes. It goes into the deepest valley, the old song says. It goes as high as the highest mountain. The love of God. There's not a sin that's come out of hell. There's not a demonic activity that's come up out of the pit that Jesus' blood in one drop cannot completely wash out. That's the power of the love of God. And thirdly, then in the midst of that, with this sweat and the, the blood and the anguish and the breath that he's trying to take and the way he's hanging on, he has in that moment another significant line. When he says, woman, behold your son, you behold your mother. And we sit back and we think, surely that was like a side note. I mean, that's not as significant as the other things. I mean, the father, forgive me, that was, forgive them for that, they don't know what they do. That, that's a theological thing. That's about betrayal and offense and forgiveness and how we're not allowed to hold anything against anybody. If you have an offense or someone else has offended you and you bring your gift to the altar, leave your gift, go take care of the problem between you and your brother or your sister, and then come back and bring your gift. I mean, it teaches us a whole new way, a method of love and forgiveness and mercy in the Bible. He was, it was significant. It was theologically sound and strong. Today, you'll be with me in paradise. The mercy, the grace, the forgiveness of God. Woman, behold your son. It seems like it doesn't fit. It seems like it wouldn't be as important as the other ones. I mean, we go on. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Here is Christ sensing, feeling the separation, feeling the wrath of God, the sin of the entire world. You think you're carrying it. You're not carrying it. He already took it. You're just suffering the guilt of it. It's time to lay it down and let him wash it away. Come on, somebody say amen. It's time to allow the Lord to do what he's already done, and that's pay the price for what you've gone through. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I thirst, which shows he's not only son of God, but he's son of man. Son of man. And then, mission complete. It is 
finished. I mean, the power behind these words. These are all important last words. It is finished. What was finished? He wasn't dying in that moment. He, was, he would in a few moments. But he was there saying, no, it's finished. I've conquered it. I've done what I've come to do. I've taken the cup and I've drank from the wrath. I've taken on this mission and it's complete. I have beat him and he's going down. That is what it was when he said, it's finished. And then lastly, in the last breath, he says, Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. That's when the earth rumbled and that's when the clouds got dark and the the storms begin to rage that's when he went down into the taverns of hell the cavernous areas and the pit of it all and he took back the keys to death hell and the grave and he conquered it all for you and I coming back up to raise on the third day becoming our savior our lord the master of the universe for us the big things all taken care of But in the middle of hanging on that cross, in the middle of the suffering, in the middle of the pain and the blood and all of that marring and all of that anguish, he looks down from that cross into the crowd and he says, woman, behold your son. Son, behold your mom. John. Your mom, mom, that's your boy. And it says in the scripture that Brother Phil from that moment said she left with him in that hour and went to his home and there she lived for the rest of her life. When the Lord showed that to me, began to speak to me about what that means. What does that mean? How is that part of the connection that we need to understand in our mission and our vision for this church. I'm going to go past several things and get right to it. This was a gift. It was just as theologically important as anything else that you and I heard uh, coming from the cross that day. As powerful as his mercy and his grace and the love of God was. As powerful as the forgiveness was and the way that it's supposed to teach us in all of those things showing us the wrath of God versus the, the humanity that suffered all of those things. The mission complete, all of that. Right in the middle, third line, it says, woman, behold your son, son, behold your woman. That was from the cross a gift to you and I. It was a description of the church. Write that in your note. From the cross. When he spoke those words to Mary, he was speaking something 2,000 years down the road we would talk about today, and not just for Mother's Day. It's a beautiful Mother's Day message. It's awesome the way he loved his mother. He honored her as the word says he should. But when the Lord was dealing with me on this, he said, go deeper. He could have said that up at the Last Supper. He could have leaned over to John who was laying, the Bible says, in his, right there on his breast. And he could have said, hey, John, you know, tomorrow when everything goes down, he said, you know, take care of mom, okay? I'm going to put you in charge. You take care of my mother. He could have said it the night before. He could have waited until he had uh, already resurrected from the dead and was seen among the people and had 
uh, morning breakfast with the disciples. He, he could have said it then. He could have said, hey, John, hey, man, yeah, now that everything's, you, you get it. You know, I'm out of here. I'm going, so you take care of my mother, okay? He could have said it any other place, any other time. Why at the cross? Why right there in the middle of all of those famous, strong, theologically powerful words? Why did he say it then? Because he wanted you and I to know this idea of connecting with one another, this connection that comes in the body of Christ. Your family may disown you. They may betray you. They may even walk away from you. Many times it's not the story, but sometimes it is because we know you sometimes walk away from houses and lands and mothers and fathers for the sake of the kingdom. He says, if anyone will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. But if you do, there is provision in the body of Christ that you will never walk alone. You will always have someone that's there connecting with you the true, real, powerful love of God through the body. It's important that we connect with one another. It's important that we feel the pain that our brothers and our sisters go through. It's important that we walk alongside of them from the cemetery to the hospital to the graduation to the anniversary party. It's important that we understand fellowship is something that God decreed from the cross. Wants us to understand the importance of fellowship, the importance of belonging, the importance of family. And maybe you have a great family, a wonderful, godly family, and that's a plus. But in the event that you don't, Jesus has taken care to make sure there's provision for you. Woman, behold your son. Brian's my brother. Pastor Brian's my brother. Sister Marie is my mom. And I take care of her the best I can because she's my mom. And that's my brother. It's my sister. When we understand we are responsible for one another. When I walked out of your house that night, Liz, last year, you broke my heart. When I walked in your house, though, I felt the sweet presence of the Lord. But I look out for Liz. I love Liz. She's a mama to me. We care for her and we watch out. We make sure she's okay. When Jennifer went through what she's went through this year, We've just done everything. I even bought her a Wonder Woman doll. I did everything I could to make sure she's my sister. I take care of her. This is connecting with one another. We, we can't be best friends with everybody. That's difficult, especially in a church that has 1,300 members. That's crazy. We'd just be moving around in one huge amoeba everywhere we went, you know. While we can't be best friends with everybody, can be family. We can be family. That's what connecting with one another is all about. You proved that. My birthday was the other day. If you're on Facebook, you already know all about it. Oh man, it was great. I woke up, the alarm woke me up, and I felt like I was Ferris Bueller. It's like this is my day. This is Ray Day. It's all about me today, Tony. Ain't about nobody else. It ain't, I ain't answering the phone. Uh-uh. I ain't looking at, at nothing. I ain't watching the news. I don't want to care. I don't want to hear what's out there. I just want, it's Ray Day. I'm going to eat what I want because I've been on this diet forever. And I, I don't, I'm going to eat what I, oh, I know, Sister Joanne, don't get mad. But I was determined. I was eating cake and ice cream and I was going to have a good time. I was going to eat whatever I wanted. I might even get a Big Mac from McDonald's. I don't know. I'll do what I want. 
went outside, cut the grass. I'm going to manicure my yard today. I'm going to take my time. Normally, I'm running, trying to get it done because i got to be somewhere else, right? I can only do this. I can't weed eat. I can't edge. I can't do that. I said, I'm edging. I'm weed eating. I'm going to manicure every little blade of grass. Hello. <laughs> I'm out there, and I'm, t- I'm pulling weeds out. I'm... I'm weed eating, I'm doing this, I'm doing, I'm picking up little pieces of paper. My yard looked beautiful. I stood back. I walked to the mailbox two times just to look at it. <laughs> Only problem is it, it all started. First of all, it started with my, expi- my license expired. So I knew I, my license expired, and I'm renting a car in Orlando today. And I have like, oh, goodness, for the assembly, I've got to have my car. I've got to have my license. So I'm rushing all of a sudden. I'm running to try to go take care of license. I'm cutting the grass, and a huge big rock, about that big, comes and goes, whack, blood pouring down my leg. I'm like, on my birthday, <laughs> terrible. So I was up getting upset, and next thing you know, I'm on the road, I'm trailing to go get medicines filled, and, and I'm trying to get things packed, and i am got to go by the store and get my little bag of candy, because I always eat candy too, and I've got to do this on my birthday. So I'm like trying to get everything done, and I'm getting ready to go. I got a wedding rehearsal. It's in downtown Cincinnati, which is an hour away from where I was, and I was like, oh my goodness, I've got to rush, I've got to do this, and all of a sudden, I get out of the car, I go over, and I look, and I'm like, a flat tire, are you kidding me? On my birthday. So on the rim, on the rim. I pull into Walmart. I walk up to the guy. You got to help me. Look, I'm a pastor. I got a wedding in Cincinnati, and I got a flat tire, and I'm going to be late. Where do you pastor? Stratford Heights Church. Oh, I know somebody. used to go there about 20 years ago. Really? He says, yeah, you know what, I... I need to get back in church. And immediately, Pastor Mo kicks in. We had this beautiful conversation. And I knew immediately God set it up. It was beautiful. We're talking back and forth. And he finally, after a little while, he says, well, Pastor, let, let me get you on the road. Let's get your tire fixed. I said, okay, thank you, man. And he's helping me, and he gives me a great deal. And I'm suddenly, I'm, I'm back on top. You know, I'm late to the wedding rehearsal. I walk in, but they're laughing. They're like, oh, what a story. That's great. I'm like, yeah, glad I could entertain you. It wasn't until the next morning that I woke up, and, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, and the Lord speaks to me. Because you see, all along, all throughout the day, you, you were wonderful everywhere I went notifications emails texts phone calls Facebook Instagram Twitter bing bang bing 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 notification bing 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 love you Pastor Ray you're awesome happy birthday we love you Pastor Ray here's a picture of Olivia Newton John awesome here's a I'm, I'm just getting all kinds of texts all kinds of notifications bing 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 I'm sitting in the tire center my car getting worked on, and I'm sitting there. The room's full of people, and my phone is going bing, 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 bing. And I'm just like, <laughs> you don't have all them friends. <laughs> One after the other. It was amazing. Somebody's binging me right now. <laughs> They're in this service. Don't call me. <laughs> it was Richard, by the way. <laughs> but... I'm sitting there, and, I, and I'm, I'm feeling the love. I, 
it, I was choked up. I, I was smiling. I, people thought I was kind of weird. I'm sitting there in that little tire center, and I'm, I'm smiling, and, and I'm going crazy. It, 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 all day long, I realized the Lord let me know all day, all throughout the day, he had it in control. He had me set up. I was, it may not have been my plan, my ray day, but it was God's plan. And he was taking care of my ordered steps all throughout the day. And he, he was there for me every step of the way. And just when I needed it, people were sending me encouragement and they were helping me. They were showing me this connection. And this. I, I even thought the other day, I thought, my goodness, Lord, you were giving me an illustration of the message I have to preach Sunday. Because you were showing me that in the midst of my uh, my stress, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the path, the flat tires and all the stuff that was going wrong, the rock in my leg, everything, there was one after the other, one brother, one sister, one family member, one church member, one body of Christ coming together, bing, bing, bing after another to teach me and to show me that there is such a power in connection and how we love one another and how we look out for one another. Connecting with one another is one of the greatest gifts the Lord ever gave any of us, and he gave it to us from the cross. Woman, behold your son. He was setting up a whole new dynamic, a whole new relationship. He wanted us to truly understand that the power of the body of Christ in action is amazing. While I sat there and my tire is being worked on and I'm stressed, I'm literally holding back the tears for the ways that you loved on me. Connection. Connection. It was amazing. Thank you. Thank you for being there. When I needed you and you didn't even know it. You had no idea. But you were pouring into me. You were literally using words. You were speaking life over my stressful day. And that was just a small example. So many other crises in people's lives are so much bigger. But it was a small way. You know, I am going to talk to the Lord about making me have to live out my illustrations for sermons. Stand with me. He not only takes care of the big things, the sin of the world, the crisis, the tragedies, the problems. He not only takes care of the big things, it is finished, big thing. Father, into your hands I commend my spirit. That's huge. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Setting a whole new theology of forgiveness and mercy. Huge. Not only does he take care of the big things, but while he was taking care and paying the price for the sin of the whole world, he wasn't too distracted, too tired. He wasn't too busy to take care of a little widow who needed a place to sleep that night, who needed a son. God's awesome. He's awesome. His power at work in our lives is such a gift. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if, you, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus for yourself, this Jesus I'm preaching about you think is pretty cool, you'd be willing to give him your heart.
let him start you on a journey, a whole new life. Where you can know him for yourself. If you're here today and you would receive him into your life and you want to pray a simple prayer, we're going to pray it right now. It's not magic, it's not a formula, but it's just words that will, if, come, if they come from your heart, it will literally change your whole life. I know because it changed mine. If you're ready to pray that prayer, I just ask you to slip your hand up and write back down. We're going to pray with you today. Is there anyone at all? I want to give you that opportunity. Okay, God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. Anyone else? All right, we're going to pray this prayer. I'm so thankful for these that have lifted their hands. We're going to pray this together as a church. We get to escort them right into the presence of God. What a beautiful way to end this Sunday morning service. We had some who prayed at the first service, and now we get to do it again. Let's pray together. Would you repeat this after me? But no, again, it's not magic. It's just, it's got to come from your heart. And if it does, your life's changed. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. I know you died on the cross. You took my sins. You rose from the dead. You conquered death and hell. You are my Savior. You are the Son of God. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. And I ask all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise God. We can celebrate today. Richard's going to close in prayer for our congregation. We're going to pray about our connection to one another, the importance of it. He's going to do that with you. But I'm going to ask you, as we get ready to leave, most of our pastors will be down in Florida for the General Assembly of the Church of God. If you're not familiar with our denomination, every two years, all of the ministers come together. The ordained bishops vote on business and take care of business of the church. The 8 million members worldwide will be working together all day, every day, to take care of business. I consider it an honor to be there. I serve also on the International Chaplains Board for the Church of God, and I'll be taking care of a conference on tonight. I have to be there tonight. So I'll be checking out the Vacation Bible School program is going to be here, and it's going to be fantastic. Please don't miss it. I'm making somebody record it so I can watch it. But pray for us as we're down there doing the business of the church and that we'll be refreshed and revived because we have services every evening. Jensen Franklin will be preaching. Dr. Tony Evans will be preaching. There'll be all kinds of, the Crab family will be singing. It'll be an amazing week. So keep us in your heart, keep us in your prayers, and we'll, we'll get back to you in no time at all. So God bless you. Thank you. Amen. We want to remind you again about tonight at 6 o'clock is the VBS program. Also, if you're new to our church, you're a first-time guest, maybe you've come the second time, we'd invite you to go down to the welcome desk. We have some information, a gift we'd like to give you. Also, we want to uh, remind you, if you signed up for the LED project, the light project, we've had some communication go out this week. We're building our schedule for next week. And uh, if you haven't responded yet to the email you got or a phone call, please let us know, and we are going to get you on the schedule. God bless you all. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much, God, that the church was your idea, that connection was your idea, that you instated 
God, that you've blessed us with and given us, Lord, so that we would have brothers and sisters that, that could be there for us, that could encourage us, that we could link up with. God, I thank you for Stratford Heights. Lord, I pray that you would deal with our own hearts and our own lives. Lord, that we would be the best friends, the best family we could ever be. Lord, that you would anoint us and lead us and guide us. And Lord, help us, Lord, to help you uh, help the family grow. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful day.